First, I asked my friend, you know, could you know, you think we could go out on your bike someday and do this? <laughs> he said, well, I mean, you're going to wear like a thong or something, right? Podcast Junkies, episode 110. If you're new to the show, my name is Harry Duran. We have conversations every week, every week, every week with amazing podcasters from all around this entire planet. Most of them come from the United States, but occasionally we have folks from across the pond, from Australia, from England, and I'm trying to think what other countries have been represented. I might have to do a review on that. But uh, this week we speak to Christine Blackburn. She's the host of the Wondery podcast, Story Worthy. And uh, we were connected through Hernan Lopez. We had a conversation with him, and then uh, one of the PR folks from Wondery reached out to me. So I'm going to have some other folks coming up from that fantastic network. Um, What I realized was that Christine and I actually both live in Los Angeles. And funny enough, we live uh, one neighborhood away from each other. (laughs) So it's kind of weird to be having a Skype interview with someone that's your neighbor. But uh, I think we're going to try to connect at one of the local meetups here and have a have a, a formal face-to-face introduction, you know, like they used to do back in the olden days. In case you missed it last week, we had a, a really insightful conversation with Nico Johnson about um, his podcast and the importance of consistency. His podcast is Suncast, and it's Solar Power in Latin America. And we talk about how he started off with a bang and then uh, stumbled for a bit and to the chagrin of some of his sponsors. But he was pretty open about it, and, and I really love the fact that he he shared his story. So this week, uh, in my conversation with Christine, we talk about the importance of stories, how she got started podcasting. She's been podcasting for six years now, and uh, why she moved from the Sideshow Network, where she started and now she's on at Wondery, and some of the interesting ways that the the concept of story has allowed her to have some really fascinating discussions with folks. So pull up a chair and listen to this really uh, interesting and engaging conversation with Christine, and let me know what you think. Stay tuned at the end for the retention hashtag of this episode, my way of finding out just how much attention you are paying. I recorded uh, in my in an old apartment in this apartment at Sideshow Network at the Improv live shows, of course, and now at Wondering. So, uh, so welcome to Podcast Junkies. <laughs> I love your show, Harry. I really do, and I got to tell you, if people want to get educated, if people want to know what is going on, and they don't listen to your show and others that are somewhat similar. They're not in the game. Do you know what I mean? You're either going to be in this game or you're not. And it also depends on your intention. And obviously, you know, do you want to build an audience? What are what do you want to get from the podcast? But if you're like are serious about it, like I am, you have to listen to shows like yours. Really, Harry, it's very valuable. And I thank you. When did you decide to take your show seriously? Uh, from the very get go, 2010. Okay. And so who were you, I know that you mentioned uh, previously that you were inspired by The Moth and by Adam Carolla, but was that enough for you to decide that this is something you wanted to do on your own? Well, it wasn't that I wanted to do it on my own, it's because there's no choice, you know, I mean, it wasn't like anybody was knocking at the door and, you know, saying, hey, Christina, I have an idea, you know what I mean, that's the problem with sitting around in Hollywood waiting to get cast in any venture. You know, whether that's waiting to get cast for a commercial or a TV show or if you wait, you're going to be waiting for quite some time. So, you know, if you want to do it, then that's what you do. So why why pick that topic of story worthy? Why are stories important to you? Okay, because <laughs> I swear, Harry, I have no talent. I don't. I have no talents. I have no skills. I went to college. I barely graduated. I mean, you know, just... I didn't learn. I know nobody ever told me I should learn. I just kind of scraped by in my education. And so um, I did a lot of different careers. I was a flight attendant and then I was in the Peace Corps. And then I've been an, an actress and a, you know, a host and, and all different things. Um, 
so I've had these stories, right? So in other words, I come out to L.A. to be an actress, but boy, there's a lot of uh, fine, fine actresses out here that I just can't even possibly compete with. But where I can compete is in terms of my life experience, and that comes with stories. So I have this background. Um, So I got interested in the moth storytelling hour, like you mentioned. Uh, For people that don't know the moth, it began in 1997 out of New York, and now it's in many, many cities, and there's the moth radio hour. And anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a storytelling competition where anybody can get on stage and tell a five minute story. So uh, I started going to those, I started winning those (laughs) and, uh, and I really enjoyed listening to other people's stories, but the problem and the reason why I took it further to, to start my podcast is that, you know, you'd hear somebody on stage at the moth and they'd be telling this really interesting story and then it would just end. And then the host comes on and that guy leaves, and then I'm like, but, 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 I got a question. I got a question. You know, everything, you know, and I just, so that's the idea of Storyworthy is that the person tells their own true story, any story they'd like to bring to the table. We've discussed many, many different things. And then I ask questions from there. So the, so the conversation picks up at the end of their story. It is not long-form interview, and I don't go back to where they grew up or college or how they started because I've heard that. When I... I'm talking about taking my podcast seriously. I do research. I do a lot of pre-production and I never meet somebody blindly. You know, I, I know who they are. I, I have an idea. I, you know, what I, I find out about them by listening to them on other shows. Mm-hmm. And then what I don't find out, that's what I'm going for. And then, of course, I riff off of their topic. You know, I obviously I'm asking questions about the story. Where, who, who were you looking to for guests when you first got started? Always comedians because, um, I did comedy in the past, uh, stand up for probably about five years. I wasn't very funny. I wasn't funny. So that didn't work. Uh, but I know comedians have a very good sense of timing and they also know the art of brevity. And while it is true, everyone has a story. I know for a fact, not everyone can tell a story well. But comedians seem to have that edge because they understand to cut to the chase. A lot of times when people tell a story, they could really omit the first three pages. I mean, uh, maybe the first three paragraphs, you know, yeah. get to the heart of it. It's like when you're reading a book. If you if somebody says, I say, hey, Harry, how, how do you like that book? And you say, you know, it's all right, but didn't really get going to like page 50. Then I say to the author, maybe you should have started on page 50. Because a lot of audiences, I know my audience is very smart, very intelligent, so we can catch up very quickly. So comedians have a way, a way of um, being able to do that. So that's always been my focus. Who were you reaching out to to have them listen to the show early on? Because obviously, as you know, all podcasters, we're, dr- we're dying to get feedback on our shows and we're, and we're sending it to anyone who will listen. So in those first few months, it's really yeah. important for us to get feedback like, what do people think? Am I doing something that's adding value? Is anyone even listening? So I'm wondering what if you could talk a little bit about that experience as your show is getting off the ground. Well, so there's two things. The one is the way it happened. And then the other way is the way I wish I had done it. The rec- the you know, the advice I'd give people starting a podcast is different than the way I did it. You know, when I did it, I told you I took it very seriously from the get-go. I did, but that didn't mean I was good at it. You know, I, I obviously was learning. So really, it took about 50 shows to get, like, where I got pretty comfortable that I should have started really then touting it. But I started touting it too early, thinking that I knew what I was doing out of the gate. And nobody can know what they're doing out of the gate. I mean, now it might be different because obviously now there's a different way of launching a podcast and there's a ramp up and things like that. So, and it depends on if you are an accomplished podcaster starting a new show. Like I'm, I'm right now producing a new show. So now I will start it differently. But I'm talking about the brand new podcaster. Um, they might want to wait and just let about 10 shows sit in, man. Just sit. Just sit there. Marinate, you know? marinate. Yeah, because, you know, you'll just find it's hard at first. You know, I would just cringe hearing my voice. Oh, I just couldn't hear myself. So, you know, you you just learn to maybe cut out the ums or cut out like maybe if you're hitting the table or you're making some sound, somebody's coughing. Are you even talking about anything? You know, what is the what is the content? 
And when you start a podcast, you got to think way in advance. you got to have like 20 shows thought out in your head. It, it can't just be about one or two or five shows. So I guess what I'm saying is that if you're starting a new show, I would hold off on begging people to listen until you got a little bit under your belt. Then, of course, beg. Of course, start MailChimp. Of course, you've got to. You've got to do all of it. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. You don't have a choice. This is the game being played. So if you want to just sit back and wait people to find you, to find you well, have fun back there. So, it just depends on your goals. It just depends on your goals, though, Harry. Some people aren't out to make money at all. Some people aren't out to take it seriously at all. So, so you obviously, as you as you were getting started, you didn't know a lot about this. And were there other people who were podcasting? You know, I know you mentioned um, you know you were listening to Adam, Adam Carolla, but did you have friends who were helping you? Uh, let's see here. Early on, not really. I knew uh, Mike Chaffee, Mike Chaffee, and he had worked on Adam Carolla's show. I knew him a little bit. But really, I listened to Mark Maron a lot. I've always listened to talk radio my whole life. As a child, I've listened to talk radio. My mom still listens to talk radio, you know. Uh, So I've always enjoyed sound in the background or something going on. And And I'm not a fan of television, as it were. I really love podcasts. I really love being on the go and hearing a continuity of something. It's very comforting, especially in the city, you know, living in the city and things are sometimes walking just from here to there. You just see some crazy shit. And if you, but you're always listening to this American life, you know, it keeps on going, you know, how this stuff gets made or whatever you're listening to. And it's soothing. What were there other ideas that you had when you because it was story or story worthy was the first idea that you had for a podcast? Oh, okay. You know what I had? I had an idea. That's funny, Harry. I had an idea to do a parenting podcast because I had a three year old. I have a child. She was born in 2007. And so I took parenting and I still take it seriously. In fact, at the time, I was a stay at home mom and I started the mom's club, which is like a, you know, it's an international club for stay-at-home moms. It's a support group, nonprofit. And I started that here in my town of Los Feliz and it grew. Now there's like 80 members. It's very successful. Uh, But at the time, you know, I took it very seriously. So I thought I'll do a parenting podcast. And I'm so glad I didn't because you know what I did? I did think out like five or seven and I had, you know, post-it notes. And just like I always do, I had notes and notes and notes and I had ideas, I had things on the board and I was looking at it and and I'm so glad I didn't because it turns out I really only care about the age my child is. Yeah. My kid is nine now. You have a five year old. I really don't care. I mean I'm just <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about diapers anymore. I don't want to talk about sleepless nights. I have moved on. And I also really don't want to hear your birthing story. Unless you're super famous and you want to tell me that. But otherwise, like day to day, I don't want to do parenting podcasts. And the first five or seven that I had come up with were very valid. You know, it all made sense. The mom's club, play groups, preschool, you know, all those things. But after those items were covered, it's going to be the same thing over and over. Just like when I was a flight attendant, it was chicken or beef, chicken or beef, chicken or beef. And what you did on the first day of being a flight attendant, you did on the hundredth day and the thousandth day, and seven years later, I'd flown four thousand flights. The same thing; it never changed. And so, to make an analogy between being a flight attendant and doing a parenting podcast, I don't want to. Well, it makes sense because I imagine that happened with the mommy bloggers that came out because they're they want to commiserate and they want to you know have someone that they can tell their their war stories to but like you said at some point they're going to outgrow that and then they're not going to have anything else to talk about and so i imagine that must must have happened and that still happens with uh mommies or or even dads there's dads doing like new daddy blogs and stuff like that new daddy podcasts such a it's such a specific genre and it's super um you know wonderfully done there's amazing shows out there and there's really funny shows out there too like here's sultanovich she has a fantastic podcast the Kirill Soltanovich show, which is about parenting. And I love her take. But again, she is an accomplished comedian. She is interviewing accomplished comedians. And so it's really like listening to two comedians bitch. And it's funny. So it totally works. But I'm talking about like 
my idea at first was like very altruistic, you know, to help people. <laughs> um, I was, I'm wondering, you, you were painting this picture of you with all these post-its on and how you're organizing this show. So I, I would imagine that you have some sort of um, background or self-taught uh, way of organizing your ideas um, just throughout the, your, your time in Hollywood or through other projects you've been on. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because sometimes, you know, we always, as podcasters, we always want to know what other podcasters are doing inside yeah. their rooms as they, as, they, as, they, as they prepare for their shows. And yeah. So I was wondering where that came from. I mean, I guess everybody, is, it's different for everybody. Of course, I'm completely self-taught because I'm old and there was no such thing as podcast, you know what I mean? I had nothing to draw upon. I mean, I heard Adam Carolla, but that, the only reason why I didn't listen to Adam is because he went off the air. You yeah. know, it was the end of terrestrial radio that pushed into podcasting, of course. So that's my education is listening to other people. And now, of course, there's amazing shows like yours. So now people have a huge advantage. If you're starting a podcast, man, you've got so much to look to and, and so much to draw from. It's amazing. Uh, but when I, when I was starting in 2010, there wasn't so much at all, except the ability to hold a microphone like all of us and talk into the computer. And you couldn't take that away from me. You know, I mean, it's very powerful. Anybody can do this. And, 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 and while the, now the, there's many more, uh, you know, peas in the pot, I hope to think, I like to think that the cream rises to the top as it were. Well, that's the point because just because anybody can do it, and everybody is doing it doesn't necessarily mean that all these folks should be doing it. No, but no, that's okay. I don't think, I think anybody that has any creative, any creative spark at all should do it. If you want to write something, write it down. If you want to take a certain picture, take it. If you want to play certain music, play it. If you want to have a podcast, have it. It's okay. A lot of shows, many, many, many shows peter out, 10 shows, 20 episodes, 50 episodes, and they're gone. And I don't think that's a failure. I think it's, you know, people try new things. But there's a specific person that has a passion for this, man. And you either know you have it or you don't. And if if somebody says, should I start a podcast? And I can talk you out of it. And I say, no, man, it's too fucking hard. It's too hard. Are you crazy? Did you read the article I wrote in the Huffington Post on six years of podcasting? It is not easy. And then you say, yeah, you're right. You probably would never have succeeded in a podcast if, if I could talk you out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're passionate and you can't be talked out of it, then you will make that happen. It's just like running a marathon. If you would like to run a marathon, then you will begin today and walk outside and start running. Today you will run 10 minutes and then you will run 15 and then you'll work your way up and then you'll run a marathon. So it's what you want to do. And in other words, now everything is at a consumer level. We're all on the same playing field. We all have all the same tools. I'm, watch, I'm listening to your show. Other people are listening to your show. They either take that in or they don't take that in. So I don't, I, you know, if you know what you want, then you just go get it. Did you always know what you wanted? Yeah, man. And I just keep failing <laughs> and failing <laughs> and failing. It's so depressing. Yeah. But it's interesting. There's this thing that uh, we people talk about in entrepreneurial circles, this idea of failing fast and failing often, because you have to find out what it is that you are not good at before you uh, hone in on that thing. That yeah. really is, is, is in your sweet spot. I completely agree. And it's that whole 10,000 hours and, mm-hmm. you know, what our purposes are. And um, like you said, it's also like that's when I was kind of joking, but sort of I'm not joking when I say I really don't have any other talents. I really, you know, although I've done a many, many things in my life, when it comes down to how do you get paid for that, they just don't pay people for being a nice guy. You know, you got to provide something. you got to have content. Adam, um, Adam Crowell, of course, I'm a huge fan of, and of course, Howard Stern, you know, Howard Stern, he always says, if somebody gives you a microphone and you don't take it, then just please step aside. You know, it's okay that you don't take it, but don't go in half ass. Mm. Now I'm saying, I don't mind people to try and then quit, but you know, I think you should think it through because otherwise you may be wasting your time. Maybe not. Maybe it'll come into play in another part of your life you know maybe uh you'll learn something and then take that with you on your way so podcasting isn't just for the people to take it seriously but those are the only shows i listen to when's the first time someone put a microphone in your hand uh 
Do you mean forever and ever? <laughs> you mean forever and ever? Well, that you can remember or one that's memorable. Oh, my. Um, well, what's memorable, of course, is starting my show. But I've also done voiceovers and audiobooks and um, a lot of commercials and stuff like that. So I've kind of had that. You know, I'm the youngest of six and sometimes the youngest. You know, you kind of have to sing and dance or, or be on fire. Yeah. Otherwise, you're getting get looked over. That was me. So, um, did anyone try to talk you, talk you out of the podcast? Uh, no, nobody ever tried to talk me out of it. And, and, and again, couldn't have. They couldn't have, of course. <laughs> and even now, would you know? Nobody can talk me out of the way I do it, the way I want to do it, the way I'm moving forward. You know, that's the beauty of it. You choose your path. I will say, um, sometimes it little it's a little frustrating as a veteran podcaster to then see, <laughs> you know, like Katie Couric started her show. It's like, shit, man. It's like people, you know, like, wow, they had a TV show and they had a talk show and then they had a, maybe a movie and they don't have that anymore. And they just like to start a podcast and people say, well then, yeah, man, we'll take you. And then boom, success. And it's like, wow. So how many, wow. how many episodes in before you ended up on Sideshow? Uh, okay, Sideshow Network was um, three years in, okay. uh, 2000, 2011 or 2012, 2012, I think, gosh, two years in, two years in, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, two years in, about 150 shows, 120 shows in, okay. yeah, and that was a really great thing, they were just starting out, Sean Merrick, an yeah. amazing guy, he should, has he done a show, Harry? We uh, he's coming on, we... Uh... We, we just yeah. ran, in, ran into each other again at uh, LA PodFest. Uh, literally, there. Yeah, two days ago. So. I was there at the PodFest. Okay. Sorry, I missed you. Yeah, yeah I, I saw, I went and watched the Earbuds documentary with oh, Chris okay. and uh, Graham. Oh. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm very excited. Nice. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. No, no, no. It's good. Earbuds. Everybody should watch it. Earbuds. It's coming out in November. Uh, you can rent it in November. There's a, actually another documentary that's coming out made, made for another group of podcasters based in Florida. It's called The Messengers. Um, and yeah, I, but your place is better. <laughs> I know. I think, I there's, there's, room, there's room for both. We need uh, all podcasters <laughs> to support all everything I'm we saying, all do. Anyway, yeah, Sean would be a great resource. And he was with Sideshow when I first started, and um, he's still there. And uh, he was very helpful. But we were just starting out, man. It was it was a uh, it was just a very sterile office, not meant for podcasting at all. We were just in a conference room. Yeah. With big windows and you could hear all the sirens going by and spobla. I mean, everybody learned together. It took some time. Little by little, the microphones got better. We got um, pop filters. Uh, then we got better stools and we got a nice table. And so, you know, it was really great. And I was with Sideshow for three years and it was a very good experience. And Roddy Swearingen was there. I love him. He's now with Art19. And so it's really great. It's very interesting, the relationships I've made. I know everybody says this, but it's true. The relationship I've made and the people I've met and everything I've learned, you know, it's like if you want to get into it, you can. You know how you can do it another way? Is you can intern for other podcasters, yeah. and you can actually take it seriously. Because I've had, unfortunately, I've had about two very good interns, and then I've had like three or four. They just come, and by the time I explain everything I know, so I just want to push my head against theirs and say, you know, just know what I know. Osmosis. And, and by the time I finish explaining it, they've already said, yeah, I'm not really into it. And it's like, <laughs> eee, wasting my time. I would think for a podcaster is the best place to go to for an intern would be folks who are fans of the show, right? I think so. Yeah, definitely fans of the show. Or, you know, even if you or become a fan of the show. Obviously, if you want to be an intern, you must be a podcast fan. So you know, who, who's podcasting out of your town. So after Sideshow, then you move, uh, was it a direct move straight to Wondery? Uh, direct move, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wondery, of course, as you know, is a brand new network, and they're um, focusing on storytelling. They're focusing on radio drama, actually, as you know. And then they've also got uh, my story storytelling show and another storytelling show that's actually for children which is kind of a neat idea, a podcast for children. Uh, my little girl listens to it. It's fun. It's really good. So I'm very happy to be with them, of course. And, 
you know, there's been changes, but that's how it goes. You know, it evolves. Things evolve. What was, can you tell the story of how uh, you met Nanan and you got introduced to Wondery and, and eventually moved over? Uh, let's see. I think it was Roddy Swearingen. He's with Art19. And we were making the switch because Sideshow used to pay for Art19. And now I, was, I wasn't going to be with Sideshow anymore, so they're not going to pay for Art19. So Roddy and I were emailing and he said, you know, now you have to pay for Art19. And I said, I get it. I get it. And then um, we were just talking about where my show is going to go. And he said, you might want to check out Wondery because they're a brand new network. And I checked them out. And then I made an appointment to go over. How did I do that? I forget how I did that. And to, and to meet with um, Jeffrey Glazer, who's the president of programming. And I met with Jeffrey. And it wasn't until a couple of days later he emailed me and said that, you know, they would make us a partner show. So that was very exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. You know, it's not necessarily forever. I mean, I got to make the numbers happen. Yeah, of course. Uh, Arnon was episode 102, and uh, I, I actually recorded that at the Wondery Studios. And he's, it's been interesting yeah. because, uh, you know, there's a lot of networks out there, but I, th I think they've, they've taken an interesting approach, and he's got a really strong background um, in TV. So I, th I, I, seem to, I see them at all the conferences. So they're, they're making a, uh, their presence felt everywhere. Yeah. And I think um, he's really, you know, gung-ho on, on the medium. And I think he's doing, I imagine he's doing everything he can for all the shows it's, on the network. I'm telling you, it's very exciting because I did love Sideshow, except Sideshow didn't have, it, at the time, and again, it came from nothing, but it didn't have this cohesiveness I always wanted. I kind of wanted like a newsletter. Like I wanted to be like, you know, the other podcast and like, yeah. I'll pitch for you, you pitch for me and we'll do this thing. And um but Sideshow wasn't that way because they had they represented a lot of comedians coming from different cities. At one point, I think Sideshow might have had 80 shows. Mm. I mean, a lot. And people in all different cities just kind of bringing it in. And it, there was no cohesiveness at one point. And then they really shed away a lot of shows, dozens of shows they, they let go. And now it's getting tighter again. And, you know, because everybody's learning. Everybody's yeah. learning. So Wondery comes in at this time in podcasting where things are already somewhat established. Mm -hmm. And again, you can see what other people have done and you can learn from their mistakes. And so they knew you hit it strong, hit it hard, hit it with a, a small amount of shows, really make those shows happen and make them evergreen. Most of the shows that they put up are evergreen, not all of them, but most of them are. And they just, and they're, they're really gung ho. Yeah. Arnon and Jeffrey, they, they're taking it so seriously right out of the gate. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's 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 like it's like they're probably one of the first they probably are the first media company to form after all of this has started. I mean, you know, Sideshow and Earwolf and mm -hmm. Midroll, those guys have been around for a while. So Wondery has kinda had this advantage of coming out and already having a lot of things a lot of ducks in a row. It's good. Yeah, and and I think they we talked about it on the on the in the, in the interview with Hernan, but I think they started with a really really strong base of shows. Um, they've got Sword and Scale, um, yeah, that's my, a great my show. fantastic show as well. Now they're doing original content as well, and yeah. it seems like you know, to your point that they looked at what was happening in the space, um, and that's why they stood out for me. I'm wondering what's been the best thing so far about being on a on a network like that. Well, it's only been about six weeks. So it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Uh, but one thing is just like communication is, is real. Right. And so you get like emails and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like official. It seems like they're taking it seriously the way I take it seriously. And it's like the opportunity is meaning the preparedness. I have been prepared. I know what I'm doing and I know what I want. And I have knowledge now. I'm actually, I have talent now. You can't even believe it. Harry. I swear <laughs> to God. Did you not have it before? Well, like I'm saying, I'm kind of joking when I say that I didn't have talent. I just didn't have it focused yeah. anywhere. Well, what's interesting is that um, when I was reading some of the things on the uh, Huffington Post, um, and obviously uh, one of the things that stands out is your your infamous or notorious motorcycle, naked motorcycle uh, photo. <laughs> well, I didn't see that. <laughs> and uh, and I'm wondering, is that something that's inherent in you? This this self promotional aspect of like always, like you said, you're the youngest of six. So I'm wondering if you like yeah. that. It's in your in your nature to try to stand well, out above the crowd. The motorcycle shot <laughs> was, um, you know, because I turned fifty. Yeah. Fifty. What's happening? 
So you got to do something, you know what I mean? I just wanted to do something fun. And I, and I thought, well, that, well, listen, that's a long story. How long is this show, man? Honestly. Give us that's the, the give us the cliff notes version. Well, just the cliff notes version is I wanted to do something strong. And I, and I was going out with this guy, with this person, and he took me out on a motorcycle, oh, no, on, his, on his bike. And um, it was so fun, obviously. I have a love-hate relationship now with motorcycles. I don't know. I love them. I hate them. I can't decide. But uh, it was when I was on the bike with him, and I was thinking about things that for my 50th, and I thought of Richard Branson. I don't know if you've ever seen those shots of Richard Branson, but he'll do like Richard Branson with a naked chick on his back, water skiing, you know? <laughs> Richard Branson in a boat, whatever. He always has a naked chick on his back, kind of like, and they highlight him, and it's yeah. in a very playful, funny, humorous way. It's never like centerfold, shocking, or anything like that. It's always just in the spirit, and that was the spirit I was going for. It was just the spirit of like, but not focusing on the driver, you know, focusing on me. Mm-hmm. And I have had a, a photographer in my life for years, and I asked her if she'd be game to do it. First, I asked my friend, you know, could you know, you think we could go out on your bike someday and do this? <laughs> he said, "Well, I mean, you're going to wear like a thong or something, right?" And I'm like, what do you think? I'm a slut? No, I'm not going to wear anything. What's the point? All or nothing. So, all or nothing. So I got the photographer and I, um, yeah, and we, we scouted out locations in, in Topanga Canyon in Malibu. And then, then, then we got together. It was um, two weeks before my 50th birthday. It was December 23rd, right before Christmas last year. You can see it at christineblackburn.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see. <laughs> what was funny is that uh, you you summarized um, all the comments and you put them in different categories. It was interesting because people like, they read into it completely different things than I think what you had intended. And I think you were just, it was a, I mean, for me, it was just a, a moment of self-expression and something you wanted to do that was memorable. But you'd be Thank surprised. You. I'm glad you're normal. Yeah, it's surprising what people's reaction to that was, and and I think at the end of the day, it's just like I feel like they just wish they had a life that that was exciting, or they had the balls to do something like you that. Know, like, there's a lot of people that are really angry, right? Yeah. Like the whole Trump, his whole base is based on people that are angry, mm-hmm. they're scared, it's all fear, yeah. and. These are the people that make the comments on iTunes. I have had so many, not so many, but I've had a lot of shitty comments that are just out of line on mm. iTunes about me personally, about my daughter. Mm. Like, it's so crazy that anybody would, you know, so so this article that I wrote, everybody has an opinion, which was based on like 300 comments or more than that. I got like a thousand comments on that photograph on the motorcycle. I wrote an article that you're referring to and having to post and it's talking about the feedback I got, like you said, the comments. And you see that on podcasts all the time. I mean, you know, you see some legitimate ones. You can tell the ones that are fake from the ones that are just like people are crazy. Uh, but people are just, you know, angry. We can't, we can't take that to heart. You know, we have to make light of it. There's no other way. Or, of course, don't read them. But many people can't resist reading comments. Yeah. I, I often can't resist. So of all, how many episodes are you up to now? You know, I, I honestly lost count, but I, I know we're over 375. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. So yeah. lots of stories, right? Lots of stories. And I'm sure it's like uh, asking parents to pick out, you know, their, you know, name their favorite child or something. But yeah. what, what are some of the ones that actually stand out? Um, and maybe going in, you didn't think it was going to be something that was that memorable, but after the fact, or maybe yeah. even years down the line, there's some that still resonate with you. Well, Sugar Ray Leonard, I got to, you know, he told a story on the show that was huge because my dad had just passed away. And then and then Ray told a story about his dad. He was so kind. And he's like, hold my hand. And he's looking right in my eyes. He's like, Christine, I got to tell you. And his voice is just right here. And he's so soft. And he's just so kind. And he just his skin is like butter. And he's so handsome. And he's just such an interesting man. Fascinating. So that would stand out, of course. Who um, in your family would be the most surprised at where you're at right now? They don't care, man. <laughs> no, they don't. It's no. okay. They don't care. It's, you know what I mean? They just, you can't, you're not going to get it from family, folks. You're never going to get it from family. 
It's just not. It's just not. You're not in the same space. Is it something that you you just think that you outgrew, or is just something that you went on to live a different life? And and uh, um, is is all, is all your family still in Pittsburgh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very. Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh is very specific that way. It's not uncommon for you to have your aunt lives over there, your cousins over there, your sisters down the street, and everybody works together. And that's very much my family. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it's it's different, and they then that's exactly how they would say it. My dad, anytime my dad didn't understand something, he would just say, "It's different." You know, <laughs> I'm not going to get to know what you do, but it, you know. But they're, I mean, I have very supportive sisters as well, and very you know, obviously my mom. People are very supportive. Don't get me wrong. Everybody's very kind and supportive, but they're not in my world. I get it. I'm not in their world. Yeah. Do you think I ask them every day about what they do? No. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, everyone always has uh, different, differing degrees of um, relationships with their family. And a lot of times, they're closer to the people who have their friends or close friends who have seen them and been through them with the tough through the tough times, and have been really important in, in you getting to where you're at now. Harry, you're from New York. Yeah. You know, you live out in LA, your family, your friends are your family. That's yeah. your family. That's who I spend Thanksgiving with. That's who I spend Christmas with. I don't go flying back East for all, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have my own traditions and things going on here now. This is, this is all, this is my family completely. Everything in Pittsburgh is obligatory now. I take it you don't miss the weather? <laughs> <laughs> I play tennis like four days a week, so. You've been, how, long, how long have you been playing tennis? Ever since I moved to LA, like really? almost 20 years. And it's such a great sport. Of course, you can play it at any age. And it's practically free. Once you have a, you know, once you have a racket and you get a can of balls, there are so many free courts. And it's just such a great form of exercise and a great form of socializing where you only need one other person. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to get six people together to, you know. There, that's my pitch for tennis. Tennis and podcasting. Tennis, that's going to be the new show. I have a new article up in the Huffington Post this morning called This Election Reminds Me of High School. Can I just tell you this is a quick story? Sure. We're talking about stories, right? In 1982, the Reagan administration, I was in 11th grade, and we were choosing our senior class officers. And so the, the four people that were always the class officers the previous three years, those girls and one boy, they ran again for the president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. And they had great ideas and they gave these incredible speeches, you know, the whole thing. But, but the day before the election, four guys on the football team decided to run. Mm. So they get up there in the auditorium and they give their speeches. They promise air conditioning in the school, uh, a pizzeria in the cafeteria. And an extension to the smoking lounge. Yes, we had a smoking lounge. It's 1982. Yeah. Anyway, me and my classmates, you know what we did? We chose the football team. We we elected them the senior, the senior um, class officers. Mm-hmm. Now I don't remember a lot about my senior year because I was stoned. But what I do remember is we didn't do hardly anything our senior year because guess what? They didn't do anything. And. We did a candy bar fundraiser. We made $750. That was supposed to be used for our future high school reunions. But on the five-year reunion, the captain of the football team, Dan McDougal, he goes up to the school, and he, he says, I'm the president of the class of 83. I need our class funds. We're a five-year reunion. Principal gives him 750 bucks, and then Dan McDougal went and bought a used car. <laughs> we did not have a five-year reunion. We didn't have a 10-year reunion. We didn't have a 15-year reunion. On the 19th reunion... The girl who should have been the president all along, Kimmy Yates, for some reason, she pulls it together in the 19th year. She pulls together this class reunion. I go to the class reunion. I go from L.A. to Pittsburgh to the class reunion. Dan McDougal's there, the president, who, who was the president. Yeah. And I swear to God, I look at this man, full-grown man now, across the picnic area we were at. And he was sad, man. He was, like, down. You could tell there was a vibe coming off him that said... I should not have run for president, but you guys shouldn't have voted for the football team. Mm. Anyway, so there you go. There's your so vote. What I'm saying is vote Kimmy Yates for president this fall. I mean Hillary Clinton, please. We'll give her a shout out. Um, what do you What do you think um, is the one most misunderstood thing about you? That I. Although I may appear very extroverted, I also love to be alone 
and I love my own time. <laughs> I love to hike by myself, and I like to listen to podcasts by myself. And I'm, maybe I'm not really an extrovert, you know? Maybe. What uh, What have you changed your mind, mind about recently? Um, what have I changed my mind about recently? Um, gosh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I'm going to let my daughter get her hair cut. It's a small thing, but she's never had a haircut. <laughs> she's nine. She's not, never had a haircut since she was nine. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Isn't that funny? But now she's nine and she wants a haircut. So I said, yeah, all right. So well, she's going to get her school pictures taken tomorrow, actually. And I wanted the school pictures taken with her hair still attached. I'm just afraid she's going to hate it. You know, that's funny, though. It goes back to my childhood when my mom always made me cut my hair. And I didn't uh, want to. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to. So I'm just nervous. I don't want her to cut it. You know, I just want her to cut it too short. But look, I'm, I'm a flexible parent. I, can, I see that. I started the mom's club, did I tell you? <laughs> I'm, I'm starting a new podcast called My Kid Today. That's it. We talk about my kid, who she is right now. That's it. I'm not going further. I'm not, I don't care about your kid. <laughs> if your kid is nine and in fourth grade, okay, we'll talk. It'll be, yeah, you'll just start a new podcast every year. My kid at nine, my kid at 10. <laughs> It'll be like three episodes. You know, one time I got to interview Wendy McClendon Covey from the Goldbergs, one of the best actresses ever, ever, ever. She tells a fantastic story about the birds and the bees and what she was told in third grade. Uh, anyway, and my daughter and I love the Goldbergs. And so my daughter went to the studio with me that day, Sideshow Network. And Alabama, my daughter did a little segment called Eight Questions from an Eight-Year-Old. And she asked Wendy questions. It was so cute. You can hear it on the episodes from last fall on Storyworthy with Wendy McClendon Covey. And my daughter asks the burning questions like, what is your favorite flavor ice cream? Of course. It's important. Yes. So as you think about, and I don't know if Wondery is going to be helping with this or this is still something that's all on your shoulders, but are you thinking about how you're going to structure like new guests going forward? Or is it like a seat of your pants type of thing where you don't know what's going to happen for the next week? Or, or do you actually try to plan out um, and, yeah. and look for new guests? No, I definitely plan it out. And I try to do it by seasons now, like 10 in a row, 10 10 shows in the season. And right now I'm kind of just going through my back catalog and using a lot of the past shows and putting just bumpers around them and keeping it a really short 20 minute show. People that know my show will know, realize that it hasn't been the same since I've been with Wondery. Hannes Finney is unfortunately not on the show with me right now. That might change in the future, but I had to cut the length of the show. Okay. And this may be something of interest to your guests or to your, to your, to your listeners. You know, I'm with this new company called Art19, which is a, I'm sure you know, is a hosting company that allows you to insert and take out ads from the past. You yeah, can dynamic now, ad insertion, yeah. Exactly. You can now, you know, monetize your back catalog, and I have a huge back catalog, so, um, but you also have to pay for bandwidth. You have to pay for how long that show is, and a 20-minute show might cost this much, and it's a 60-minute show costs a lot more than that. So now it's not $17 to lips in every month. It's more than that. It's a lot more than that. Okay. Depends on the length of your show, but a couple hundred dollars. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not, it's a different, it's a different game. It's a different situation, but the goal is you're with a network and hopefully you get sponsors and we do get sponsors. So it's, you know, exciting, but it's, again, it's taking a chance. So if you're starting a podcast, you just have to jump in the game, but don't expect a whole lot for about a year or three years, <laughs> unless you're very, very lucky, I guess. I don't know. What do I know? What, what the heck do I know? But saying you have to push through, you got to really want, want it. Yeah. And it might cost money. It's always cost money. Of course. I mean, my show, I've made money now. I've made some money, but it didn't, didn't make money for years and years and years. Yeah. And I think, I think people need to understand that, that they need to, they need to get into this for the long run because there is no, I mean, I imagine there are people that have, had success in a short period of time, but that's not normal. Unless you're, you know, you're getting curated by another show and, or another, you know, for a company and they're creating the show for you and they're paying you. That's yeah. a different situation, but I've always been on my own when it comes to that. So yeah, you, you have to, um, you don't have to think long-term, but if you want to stay in the game, you'll think long-term just like anything you can go running today. You don't have to run a marathon, just go running. 
Yeah. So if you want a podcast, go ahead. Go podcast. Go, God bless you. Good for you. Go so, for it. So, so Christine, what, as you think about like this arc of like your life and you said, you know, you say like, you, you say yourself like, oh, I didn't have a, a lot of talent coming here. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And you tried a bunch of different things. As you're thinking about the success that your show is having and the fact that you seem to be in your element, are you, are you happy with, with, with what the arc is right now? No, I want more. What do you mean? You know there's no satisfaction. Of course not. Harry, what are you talking about? So what's next for you? I just told you I'm a one-man band right now. No, I want sponsors, more sponsors. I want I want to be curated by somebody. I want somebody to take it under its wings. I want to have somewhere to go first thing in the morning where there's 15 people under me. I could have three assistants and never stop working. Okay. And you can, people can see what I do. It's all online. You know, obviously, storywithypodcast.com, my writings and stuff like that at christineblackburn.com. You can see everything I'm doing. And it's one of those things where you can, you know how it is, Harry. You sit in front of your computer. You could work for one hour or 15 hours. Yeah. Why not? You could just keep going. And I often get up and just do that in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm doing that because I want to go further. I don't, I'm not satisfied. Absolutely that's good. not. Well, that's good to hear that, that you have uh, aspirations for some stuff that's bigger and better so when we check back in with you in a, in six months or a year you'll, you'll have some maybe we won't even talk, be able to talk to us because you'll be i'll have to go through yeah. your your, your <laughs> no, agent your that's agent <laughs> that's crazy and i don't think so well uh thank you for uh taking the time to come on the show i really appreciate it thanks Gary, and really keep doing what you're doing i so enjoy it what's uh, the best place for folks to track you down online storywithypodcast.com christineblackman.com and um, you can email me at info at storywithypodcast.com highly encourage listeners to check out the show it's uh, it's very entertaining and a lot of fun and, and I think you do a, an excellent job of uh, hosting the show thanks man I appreciate it hope you have a fantastic day cheers so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christine it was funny that we were uh, we were doing it via Skype and we found out we were uh literally next door to each other. But she's got such an interesting story. Uh, and I think the fact that she did all these things but didn't specialize in any, but then found out that she was really good at, at engaging and getting stories out of her friends, which eventually led to the podcast, and now six years plus running uh, now on the Wondery Network. I think it's just a testament to her her desire to really put stories together that that she's passionate about and that speak to um, her commitment to connect people that have something to tell that may not have a voice or a podcast of their own. So I'm, I'm really happy that she's doing it. Uh, we are a member of Podcastica. Head on over to podcastica.com. I mentioned last week the Patreon page for Jason and Karen. That's still live pod, at uh, patreon.com slash Jason and Karen, all spelled out. Music is by Cedar and Soil. My friend George Abiana, check out cedarsoil.com. Just wanted to play another message that came in through SpeakPipe from past guest Colin Gray. Hey, Harry. Colin Gray here from thepodcasthost.com. Just wanted to send in a wee message. I loved your uh, episode 100 with uh, Chase. Uh, great to hear him back on the show. Always great to hear from Chase anyway, always entertaining. Um, but yeah, just the topics you went through were just really interesting, really kind of um, went off the normal beaten track and made me think about a few things that, uh, yes, I've always gone through the mind. I think one thing I'm working on just now in terms of uh, just sort of personal development is really, you know, getting out of that trap of just going down the rabbit hole of social media, following everyone else, watching what everybody else is up to, it's starting to grudge other people their success actually you know you always see the good bits not the bad bits so you start to think everyone's doing amazingly uh, and you start to feel a bit mean because you're uh, you're kind of grudging everyone else all the great things that they're achieving um when really you should be concentrating on your own stuff so that's my mission at the moment is to just concentrate on my own plans my own achievements my own goals um and uh, be happy for other people when they do well as well so yeah just a wee thought there but uh, thanks again for that episode. It was great listening to you and Chase having a good laugh. And uh, always great to hear from you anyway. So keep up with the show and hopefully talk to you soon, Harry. Cheers. This week's sponsor is Pod Funnel, uh, which has been the sponsor for the past few weeks. It's, it's my own project. It's a new tool for podcasters to launch their podcasts from one uh, dashboard. 
and it's it's really created to save time uh, as a solo podcaster as I was when I started I realized there was a lot of different places I needed to get my show out to and I was really frustrated by the fact that I had to create the name for the podcast and then enter it in in Libsyn the hosting company and then enter it into the website and then post it on YouTube and then post it on SoundCloud and then send it over to the WordPress site and I really felt like there was a lot of duplication of effort so with that in mind and with uh, some testing from an internal similar tool that we used for we use for our clients uh, I was able to create now a front end facing tool for, called PodFunnel And it's for people just like myself who are getting started, don't have a a team, may not have any sort of support, and realize that they don't want to spend their whole night posting and distributing their podcast to a bunch of different places. So this is streamlined, and one dashboard gets it out to um, WordPress, gets it out to SoundCloud, YouTube. It actually leverages the Ophonic API as well, so your sound gets cleaned up and if you have timestamps, those can be embedded in the, into the into the uh, MP3, and also you can have custom artwork for your MP3, and as opposed to the other banner type artwork that you'll need for YouTube, you can pick which one you want to use there. So head on over to PodFunnel.com and sign up as a pioneer, where I'm offering uh, lifetime access to the tool for one. Well, one time price. So if you have any questions about it, feel free to uh, email me, harry at podfunnel.com. So that way it goes to that specific email box. And I'd be happy to walk you through, give you a demo, jump on Skype, whatever you think uh, makes sense for you. If you are new to the show, um, then you may not know about a retention hashtag. It's our way of checking in with who's paying attention. This week's is Story Christine. So S-T-O-R-Y, Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, all one word. And you can tag her at uh, Storyworthy. That's the her Twitter handle, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H-Y. And obviously, we are at pod, podcast underscore junkies. Thanks again for all your support. And as we've been doing the past few episodes, I'm asking people to provide feedback on uh, SpeakPipe. So head on over to podcastjunkies.com. To the right of the, of the screen, you'll see a SpeakPipe tab click on it leave uh you can leave a message i think it's 30 to 60 seconds and uh i'll play it back i've been doing that for a couple of the people that have recorded one and i'm really happy to hear your voices come into my inbox so thanks again for all you do for the show all the support i love all the comments on social media on twitter on facebook on instagram and i'm always testing new ways to promote the show um, I was playing around with some video on Instagram, so get a, go check that out if you haven't had a chance to. The Instagram account is Podcast Junkies. Have a fantastic week.